tracking flights, examining shoes, and searching for spy codes hidden in news articles. MSU has its first coaching search in 13 years, and everyone is handling it like a normal adult. MSU Hoops has dropped three in a row, and the trend is official. In a scrimmage against Sloths, they'd be down at the half. Bill Beekman pulls off probably the greatest Rickroll of all time, and Brian Masalem, delete your account. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who was eating just pickles in an attempt to persuade Luke Fickle, Kevin Greck. Thank you, as always, folks, for listening. If we could ask you a favor, please share this pod with the Spartans in your life. Follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod, maybe retweet the show, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe. Those reviews inexplicably help us get the show out there, so please, if we could ask those favors, do us a solid. Kevin, the man who eats pickles, how you doing, buddy? Oh, you know how it is. I got fickle pickle fever. <laughs> can't, can't be helped. Are you, uh, are you enjoying this new bit where I give you a new title every week? Yeah, this is, I'm picking up a theme that has emerged here. This is new and exciting. Uh, a new wrinkle to my personality gets added every week, and uh, I'm a better and more exciting person as a result of it. So, yep. um, but not better or more exciting than this MSU coaching search and the dramatic turn that it has taken. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, today was a roller coaster of emotions, and we will get into it. In just a moment, but first, of course, we have to let folks know about our presenting sponsor. Um, and in the event we have some new listeners, which we may well, want to let you know this is a real sponsor. You'll hear from not a sponsors later on, but this one is absolutely real. Uh, this show is brought to you by Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, they are on Packard Street, and you might be wondering, why do we have a sponsor in Ann Arbor? Well, that's a great question, but we do, and we would love it if you get a chance <laughs> to go visit Fraser's Pub. Um, some things you might want to know about Fraser's. First, excellent sports bar. Oldest yep. sports bar in Ann Arbor. Uh, so old, in fact, they have the best wood paneling that you will ever find. Uh, but tons of high-definition uh, screen TVs that you can watch any game. They are Big Ten friendly, and they are off-campus enough that you're not going to be inundated with U of M students. So if you're Spartan, definitely go to Fraser's. Couple other things, Kevin. Uh, our sponsor has asked that we kindly give a shout out to their food. Um, I've had many a great burger there, but they have an exciting menu on the item this month. Um, it is a Wisconsin cheese curds, and they are apparently awesome. Great. They also have a vegan option, a black bean burger, and an Impossible Burger. And for those who celebrate Lent, which is coming up. Fridays, they're doing a fried fish lunch special with, or not with, but also a homemade clam chowder. Fantastic. Um, MSU football's whole team might be coming down for some Wisconsin cheese curds. Um, 
Oh, well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Save it. We'll get we'll get into it. But last thing, folks, about Fraser's Pub that is worth noting is that they have a beer of the month every month. The, it, one of my genuinely favorite things about Fraser's is they have a rotating tap selection that oftentimes features excellent local beers. This month, the beer of the month is the Bell's Lighthearted Ale, uh, which means you get 23 ounces for the price of a pint. And despite the fact that Bells describes it as aromatic, balanced, and incredibly easy drinking, I am informed, having not had this beer, that it is more akin to their play on a light domestic beer hmm. than, you know, thinking that it was maybe a two-hearted but locale. It's it's more their play on a uh, on a domestic. So, okay. Um, still, knowing Bells, I'm sure that it is excellent, and if you get a chance to go to Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Michigan, let them know that Can't Read, Can't Write sent you. Ask for the manager. And reach out to us on Twitter. We had a listener this week reach out yes. to us on Twitter, indicating that they'd been there. We have another listener that says they're going this coming weekend. Let us know when you stop by. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. We love the it, synergy. Yep, we love it. Uh, we we actually like Frasers, and uh, it even if you don't get a chance to give us a shout out to the manager, uh, we can pass the word along and super appreciate it. So, sure. uh, f- the folks who are just joining us for the first time, uh, that is a substantial Frasers plug, uh, and want to let you know the structure of the show. We've got four segments, if you will. Um, there's the intro. There is the segment we call the Green Wall, which covers the the news that's been going on in MSU sports. We then head off Grand River in a segment aptly named Off Grand River, where we talk about some of the headlines going on in college sports, sometimes pro, but oftentimes college sports around the nation. And then we take your Twitter questions and wrap it up with a preview of the games to come. And uh, this week, though, let's be honest, you know, it's been a bit of a week. And so we're keeping it uh, all on Grand River this week. Yeah, it's going to be straight green wall. This yep. is a, also, this is a week where the basketball team loses to U of M, but we start with February football. Indeed. I mean, Indeed. I mean, it's not even spring game yet. And <laughs> football, football's back, baby. It is back. So if you have uh, been living in a cave and then under a rock in that cave, you maybe missed, but Mark D'Antonio retired as the head coach of Michigan State football. And that means we are in full-blown coaching search. Indeed. For the past, what, six days, Kevin? It has been straight-up fickle watch. Yeah. I mean— And then— Today. If you're not on social media, I, we do mean fickle watch. We mean there were people at airports camped out. There were there was speculation about shoes that were in pictures. Like it got a little extreme there for a second. I, I, yeah, I I will admit I've downloaded FlightAware to track flights, but then uh, the fun came out of it once Bill Beekman tipped his hat as to what the tail number was of his plane. And so now it's not fun anymore. So you're like, Oh God, thanks. Bill. I, I can just, yeah, Bill, you know what? Thanks Beekman. Uh, 
you took the fun out of a coaching search and took the fun out of the coaching search even more when Luke Fickle, head coach of Cincinnati, decided to stay in yeah. Cincinnati. Kevin. So let's get into this. Yeah. Um, so social media melts down. MSU Twitter melts down. The message boards melt down. All of the eggs were in this basket, right? Effectively. I mean, the, the fan base, I think, was torn. Maybe 50-50. Maybe a little bit. Maybe we'll call it 55-45 for Narduzzi. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone oh, I, I think, actually I think that's overstating it. I think Fickle was, I, I mean, Fickle was being thrown around when we were talking about maybe a coaching search earlier in the year as I, I think Fickle was like 80 plus. Okay. And then there don't... were some other candidates uh, that either didn't accept interviews or did accept interviews and announced that they weren't interested on uh, on social media. And I, I know our Bears listeners, our Bear, Bears fans listeners out there will be Glad to hear that. So on one hand, yes, MSU's top choice turned it down. On the other hand, this narrative that there have been eight different people that have turned on the job and nobody really wants it. I don't think MSU fandom wanted five or six of those. I think, I think all the eggs were in one basket and now they're all torn asunder. And that's really what this is all about. Is that yeah. this was supposed to work out and it didn't. And now we're here. So some interesting facts about Luke Fickle uh, and his turning things down. Uh, apparently never received a formal offer. And also Although in the free press, they did say it was understood that the job was his if he wanted it. Whatever yes. that means. It's very vague. And I think intentionally so. And uh, Fickle or people close to Fickle have cited that he turn the job down or it not necessarily exclusively so, but that culture was a large element of that decision. And what was meant by that or what's implied by that is not only the Larry Nasser scandal that's hanging over the university, um, you know, the, the Blackwell lawsuit against Mark D'Antonio in the university is, is certainly a contributing factor. Theoretically, these weird, allegations of NCAA violations, which we have a question about that we'll get into later. Um, and probably the fact that we have an AD running the athletic department that uh, there's a fair amount of skepticism about. Yeah. So with all these things piling mm -hmm. up, if, you know, for all the arguments about why MSU might not be a desirable job, this indication is probably, I, I agree or disagree, Kevin, maybe the most damning. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something that MSU should have been able to pull off, right? There's no getting around that. Recruiting a coach from a non-power conference team is something that MSU should be able to pull off. In fact, MSU should be able to recruit coaches from lower-end power conference teams. So this is egg on the face. There's no getting around that. It's unfortunate. Where this leads us is going to be interesting. I think there's a growing community of folks that just want to see a trestle interim year. I, I understand this idea that recruiting is going to tank as a result. 
I kind of wonder if just like MSU's brand and the ability to be in the Big Ten and um, and, and just like the amount of exposure that you get as a student athlete at MSU sets a floor to recruiting that I don't know that MSU is that far from right now in its current recruiting cycle. So I don't know how much really a year off would cost the program. Other programs have pulled it off just fine. It seems to me like a bad hire, like a desperation hire could be way more damaging long-term than in, as they would say in the TV show community, than you know, the gas leak year that you just sort of forget about long-term. Well, so I don't mean to ignore, but let's table that for a second because that is certainly a worthwhile conversation to have. But mm-hmm. one of the the parallels that's sort of interesting to draw, if if with all these things that culture is a looming sort of question mark for MSU, uh, the, the nearest analogy that I can come up with in my mind is Baylor. Sure. After Art Bryles. Or Penn State. And, sure, or or Penn State. But what Baylor did to get Matt Rule was they offered him a seven-year deal. And by all accounts, the, the MSU offer, by accounts that may or may not be credible, though I personally have reasons to believe that there were enough sourcing on this that, to think that Fickle was offered five years, somewhere between 25 and $30 million, which feels right. I mean, that, yeah. you, you would expect an offer of, of that caliber, um, though the problem with, with the reporting on that is now they're kind of locked into that number for future people. <laughs> but you, you do have to think that with Matt Rule, that Baylor, or whether it's Rule who pushed for it or Baylor who acknowledged the situation, that MSU might need to go out on a limb here with their offer and say, we feel good about who we've picked and we're, we're willing to extend the olive branch of sorts to, to say, we, we recognize there, there are challenges. There's reasons you might not want to come here. We're going to make sure you feel secure here, no matter what Mm -hmm. happens. And, and you're given an appreciable amount of time to weather whatever storm you believe is going on here, even if we don't think that that storm is real. Hmm. I mean, and and what I mean by that, I want to be very clear. Larry Nasser, I'm not denying it. I'm not denying that's real. I'm not denying that um, there are that the 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 Curtis Blackwell lawsuit is real, but. We well, certainly have question. We have question marks about the NCAA violations that are alleged by Curtis Blackwell and how severe they are. There's not nearly enough indication that those are severe violations, right? You would agree with that? Yeah, I think we covered that fairly well last week. And and that if there is a change in AD, which isn't the craziest idea in the world, no, that you will get your chance to very much earn your place with that new AD. Yes. So, so for that reason, I I don't know if MSU is considering a longer term contract, but if they identify someone they like and they, particularly if that person's a, um, an up and comer that they should give them the runway. I'm for it. I'm for it. Would have been nice, uh, for Mr. Fickle 
Uh, I would, I think the whole fan base would have been on board for seven years, uh, with Luke, but, um, now we're moving on to new candidates. So, right. so let's, know. let's start with if the, you extend that same runway with some of these guys. Well, so let's start with the people who were supposedly offered or interviewed. Sure. Um, you gotta wonder how those other other interviewees or you know considered people uh, how they took it when there was so much buzz i mean so much buzz around luke fickle if if msu twitter is a barometer and and frankly some of the sources that were so disappointing um though a thrill at the time uh it were an indication there was a lot of buy-in around fickle yeah. So if if you're Mel Tucker at Colorado, like mm-hmm. it feels like you're being interviewed for the sake of being interviewed. Right? I mean, is this mismanagement on the part of the athletic department to to or, not making it very clear that this is an open search or on the part of senior administrators requiring those types of interviews to be made when perhaps sure. they're not in good faith? Um I don't know. I don't think we have the information yet. It'll all come out someday. It could well, all come out in a week. Um, I don't think we really know how much actual heads up Bill Beekman had, how much prepared, how much was prepared, because you had to anticipate that this was a possibility. So how prepared Bill Beekman was, how what was required of him by administrators that he reports to, and what the discussions looked like in those separate interviews that he did actually end up doing. Also, it wouldn't have bothered me if Samuel Stanley got off the plane. In yeah, Cincinnati. seriously, seriously. Um, yeah, I know that he's a busy man, and I he's I not that busy. He's got a lot going on. But uh, if culture change is part of the issue, and I would have thought that that would have been a known concern going in and by some by some reports it was it seems like the president of the university should probably be there to assure uh anyone that these types of incidents are taken seriously and that changes are happening and these are the outline changes and blah 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 particularly yeah for a 35 million dollar revenue sport you would think that Yes, it, with with enough clouds hanging over that that Stanley would have hopped on that plane, maybe um, with a better, more experienced uh, athletic director. That's not something you'd have to do. But this is a guy running around doing his first rodeo, hiring a Big Ten coach. Oh no no no, or Kevin! He, Kevin, he's uh, he's hired a rowing coach. Oh, have they hired a rowing coach, or did they, they just fire a rowing coach? Nope, they, and Beekman has hired a rowing coach. Okay, so there's a good first run for you. <laughs> But uh, you couldn't call it a dry run because it's in water. Wow. Um, Here for the puns, folks. Uh, Stop the whole thing. I quit the podcast. (laughs) But so I'm kind of curious, Kevin, on your take. Was was Narduzzi meant to be a serious competitor here? I don't think so. Well, hold on, hold on. What I mean by that is it, it felt like once Narduzzi released that amazing video that 
clearly he he got like some teenager to <laughs> Photoshop together. But and if you don't know, he he took a, a scene from The Wolf of Wall Street, and you know I'm staying. Um, but was Narduzzi meant to be sort of uh, what's the term in horse racing? You know that um, to make it seem like Fickle had serious competition, mm. su- such that Fickle didn't hold all the cards in this endeavor in the negotiation. Yeah, it, so that it, it was more like you know to make it seem more of a competitive and enticing offer i honestly don't know how much msu administration reached out to narduzzi i we've heard no reports that i'm aware of of any communication between narduzzi and msu it's all been speculation in the media and among fans and then narduzzi reacting to that right yeah yeah no you're right and by all accounts, Narduzzi, Fickle, both sort of taken off guard by the retirement. Um, and, you know, you bring up speculation. So, Kevin, let's, let's go. Spec- let's speculate. Let's speculate. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to run down the list. That's of... a speculation noise right there. Oh, boy. Oh, by the way, folks, if it's you hear a sound that it makes it sound like I'm urinating, it's actually that I have a box of Kirkland Cabernet Sauvignon here. <laughs> Uh, to keep me company because it doesn't feel like a beer time. Feels... That's a clever ruse for taking a mid-podcast pee. Oh no, it's the box of wine. <laughs> Here, let's see. Let's see if the mic picks this up. Oh, oh it does. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll run over the list here, um, and then we'll get into them sequentially. All right. So, Brett Bielema. <laughs> Brett Bielema. All right. Just stop. We're supposed to be serious podcasters, all right? Come on. Just, you're the host. Be professional. Co-host. Next up, Harlan Barnett. Um, It's possible we reapproach any of the candidates that we have supposedly interviewed. Um, Brian Dabble? Dabble? Off to a good start. Yep. pronounce his name. Uh, Offensive coordinator for the Bills. Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator for the Broncos. Chris Creighton, head coach for EMU. Jim McElwain, noted shark lover, head coach for CMU. Butch Jones, offensive analyst for Alabama. Of course, there's Mike Tressel, defensive coordinator for Michigan State, and anybody else. So let's let's start from the bottom and go up because I think these are in sort of an order of. Well, how realistic I, they I were. Di- I disagree on the the last one of any. Oh, that's else. true. Yes. So so let's so let's start with Trussell. Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject my take here that if you're gonna sign Trussell mm-hmm. as your head coach, if you're gonna take the interim tag off of him, you need to give him a real deal because yeah. he can't go out and recruit. And by the way, if you're Beekman, you need to say, Hey, Mike. Uh, you got to fire some folks. Yep. This is like, period. I don't care if you hire some high school coaches who are successful. Like, the folks got to be gone. You got to indicate a serious culture change, on the especially on the offensive side of the ball. And and by the way, I I I just want to throw this out there: the take on Tressel and his not being great as a defensive coordinator for essentially two plays. Two massive plays, by the way, over the past year. I'm just not buying. 
the yeah, he screwed up twice in a big way, and that season feels a lot different if he makes two different play calls. And I'm talking about Arizona and Kevin. Help me out. What's the other one that that he made a, a screw up on? Was it Illinois? Illinois, sure. probably. I mean, yeah. Illinois is the one that fell apart at the end. In addition to Arizona State, so there's so two screw ups, big screw ups. I like doesn't get a yeah, pass but we on don't him. know that Mark D'Antonio didn't intervene in those play calls. Sure thing. He's the defensive head football coach. We don't know yep. what was and, what was said there. And anyone who looked at this season, this past football season. Do not kid yourself about what you expected out of this defense. And one of the cornerstone, the linchpin of this defense was believing that our secondary wasn't going to suffer from the losses of uh, uh, Price and help me out. Who's the here? Here's what I would do if you were hiring Trestle. Uh, Let's just move on to this. If you were hiring Trestle, I'd give him a relatively low end, but long-term deal. So say two, two and a half for five years or something like that. But then you spend the same amount of money you were going to spend anyway on bringing back Harlan Barnett, who we'll get to. He's your new defensive coordinator. You plug him back in and you go buy someone as an offensive coordinator, making almost as much as the head coach. 1.5, whatever it takes. And then you go buy the best recruiter that you can buy. And that's how you do the trestle thing. And you, and and I think you give, you give trestle upside. Mm -hmm. You, you give, you say, look, man, sorry, you haven't earned it yet, Yep. but we're willing to take a chance. And so you're going to, you're going to get a hefty pay raise. Yep. Make, make no mistake, a hefty pay raise, but you're not going to make what a head coach makes right now. We'll give you a renegotiation in three years. And in the interim, we will make some benchmarks that will up your compensation to what you might expect if you were a head coach in the Big Ten. But you got to win to do that. And we'll give you money for your staff. That's the other side of things. Yep. Yes. We will spend money to surround you with people that will help you be successful long term. Uh, I think that's the only way that you can do it with Trestle. I think you've got to, you got to make headlines out of this one way or another and getting a big splash offensive coordinator and a big splash recruiter might generate enough goodwill in the fan base to do something and buy him some time because he's a dead man walking. If he gets hired, he is a guy that in no uncertain terms, Mark D'Antonio and Bill Beekman both told the media they did not expect to be any more than an interim coach. They didn't say it directly, but they said, we'll have our guy in here in a week, each of them, whatever it was, implying that Trestle is not the guy. So you've got to do, you've got to make some financial commitments, MSU, if you're going to go this route. Um, anything else you want to say on on Trestle? Trestle yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the, the last thing I'd say about Trestle is that um, you and I both, Kevin, uh, lived the John L experience, right? And hope sprang eternal. And so I, I think Trestle is particularly important to make the note of. He may not be the coach that any of us expected, expected or necessarily wanted as a first take, but we would be doing a disservice to the players. And frankly, if you are a Spartan at your core 
to at least hope he succeeds. He's earned he's earned two years. It, or maybe not even earned, but like he doesn't need to earn it. Being a Spartan means that you at least have to give him a chance. Because if you don't, if you if you sell out on the program, I've been around MSU Twitter intensely for the last week, and <laughs> yeah. and and the players are watching, the players are listening, and it is not great. So you got to buy in. You got hope has to spring eternal in Sparta, and if it doesn't, my God, it it will be a self fulfilling prophecy. Indeed. So. Let's move on to uh, what I have marked as a no, no, no. Uh, yep. Butch Jones, offensive yeah, analyst ask. for Alabama. Do you want to explain to the folks why? Um, well, if uh, indeed uh, campus issues and culture are your problem, you probably don't want a head football coach who's allegedly already called a player a traitor for helping uh, a rape victim uh, who was victimized by two other members of your football team. Uh, so that's a no go that that's a non-starter for me. We can move on. Jim McElwain. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else can rehabilitate Butch Jones, not us. Uh, so speaking of sexually offensive, uh, Jim McElwain noted shark lover, uh, head coach for CMU. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't want him for the memes. God. Right. Yeah. And I just, I think we can do better. Like, I think Chris Crichton, who's our next name, is it just a better, better option than I mean, Jim McElwain? Ma- well, McElwain did go to the MAC championship, right? Sure. I yes. mean, McElwain, I, 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 let's actually, let's just put them together here because they're both MAC coaches. Chris Crichton did some winning, uh, and emphasis on some. But at a, a school that probably has the largest disadvantages in Eastern Michigan University, yeah, barely an identifiable campus. Um, the the football stadium isn't anywhere near where students are. Don't invest. The man has in the taken program. his team on the road to Big Ten stadiums and won. That should yes. be impossible at EMU, and normally yep. it is impossible. Now. The records at the end of these seasons don't look fantastic, um, but he's and his, won big And games. his quarterback punched somebody. And his quarterback punched somebody. In the bowl game. Oh, God, I forgot about that. I, um, I, don't, I don't love that look. I, I don't. Yeah. But I, he, you know, he's kind of got that MSU flavor about him. He's... You know, working class, he had that whole, remember the meme when there was like the brick wall and the players were supposed to knock it down and they just couldn't because they actually used mortar in between the cinder blocks (laughs) and then they just gave up on it and their, their field was gray for a while. It was called the foundry, but it just looked like a parking lot that they were playing on. (laughs) I mean, there have been, there have been missteps for Chris. Trust the process. But oh, he wasn't trust the process. He's also won some games that he shouldn't have. So I think that's worth some. Fair. Um, we'll move up the list to Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator for the Broncos. This is a name that MSU already passed up for Mark D'Antonio. So to take it now would be alarming. 
Um, Pat Shermer, of course, MSU alum, spent some time being a NFL head coach. I don't know about this one. He's been out of college football for a long time. He's older relative to some of these other names. And I just, I don't think this is the one. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, Brian Dabble, Dabble, whatever. Yep. For offensive coordinator for the Bills. This one came out of nowhere. I don't know anything about the, the Bills. I don't know anything about this dude. Do you know anything about him? Other than Beekman's plane apparently was headed there today. Yeah, other than I think he got some FaceTime with with William. I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, uh, the Bills have had a decent, decent year this year. Uh, I know that. Uh, longtime listeners of the pod know I don't care about pro football. Uh, uh, maybe well, an unpopular some, opinion. Some fo- pro football, you certainly do. Uh, XFL, big fan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is to reapproach candidates who have said no. Um, has that happened? Have we ever, can you think of a time during a coaching search where a coach yes. says no? And then, yep. Oh, I can, I can Rutgers. think of one. Yep. I can think of one right now. Was that a formal no though? Or was that a no through the back channels? Uh, it was, it was and a reported, on. a well-sourced and published. No, I mean, it wasn't no in the sense of Pat Narduzzi releasing that video. No, but it was kind I mean, of a no, unless it was a no, because which is different from a straight. No, it was a no, because you aren't willing to make the investments that I want you to make. And then when they were willing to make those investments, he accepted. So I don't that, even think there's they, a big they, asterisk on that one. Yeah, no, 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 it's fair, but it, you you could you could reapproach. Um, but, but as anyway. we decided at the top, it's not clear how serious any of those candidates were to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Mel Tucker is probably the most serious of them. Um, I was I was afraid that that he was a Rooney rule. Uh, interview mm-hmm. um which i'm all about considering candidates of diversity i think that's something that people should take seriously but the the facts are in on the rooney rule <laughs> that the nf it hasn't made an impact on the nfl and so no. what you've done is you've you've just commodi- commoditized people in a way that is super insulting Mm-hmm. And so I I was worried that Mel Tucker wasn't being taken seriously as a candidate and was more checking a box, which I'm offended if that's actually what happened, but is absolutely someone who's worthy of an outreach and just saying it because he didn't release the same sort of video that Luke Fickle or or Pat Narduzzi did. He did a I appreciate the consideration, but I'm a Buffalo type of thing yeah 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 no no it no. wasn't I mean, with the same flourish but it was, it was the not, same message it was not with the same flourish so maybe you say hey mel are you sure but all right let's move on harlan barnett and what's interesting about harlan barnett former defense co-defensive coordinator for michigan state um left to take a dc a defensive coordinator job at florida state florida state did not go well currently unemployed well, what's really interesting is he, if he hadn't taken that, he could be 
the head coach right now. He could be interim head coach. It, he may well be the head coach yeah. right now. Honestly, they might have just been like, because there were a lot of rumors that he was sort of being, you know, tapped for that, being groomed for it. And there were, you know, the prevailing thought at the time was like, maybe you have to establish head coaching experience. Um, I I don't know how true any of that was. That was all media speculation from years ago. But I would bet that if he had been on the staff, he would be the interim head coach right now. So I got two things for you on Harlan Barnett. Mm-hmm. One positive for him getting the job, one negative. One is the former players under Mark D'Antonio are all over Barnett. I mean, you're you're seeing post after post after post on Twitter from former players, former players that are sort of revered under the D'Antonio era saying, hire this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm uh, I'm all in on Barnett. The players are saying okay. the the flip, the flip is <laughs> that when Harlan Barnett went to Florida State, he made some comments about essentially MSU not really having dudes and that when you went to Florida state, you're like, Oh my God, these are real dudes. And it, it came across the wrong way. So what, what do you make of this? Okay. So I'm not saying that these are the same guys, but if Twitter existed back when Bobby Williams got hired, former players would have been all about that at the time. So I I think you have to take what former players are saying in mind. That's important. But former players probably shouldn't be picking the next head coach at Michigan State University. Um, I would definitely not be upset with bringing him back in a defensive coordinator role. If, for example, Tressel gets the, the tap, and he becomes head coach, and then Harlan Barnett comes back to be DC. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, I'd be happy about that. I think it's difficult because Harlan Barnett left and was fired from his job as defensive coordinator at Florida State in like 18 games or something like Well, no, he made it all the way through um, to the end of his second year, but things did not go well. And I don't think you can just give someone the head coaching job after something like that. Yeah. So last but not least, um, Brett Bielema, who apparently no introduction, apparently uh, was swiping right. And Bill Beekman, like a girl on Bumble was just so excited to, to connect with him swiped right recently because MSU uh, has apparently made contact according to quote unquote sources told to the Detroit news, which just as an aside, give you're a professional outfit. You're not Spartan mag, like give context to your sources. Like they don't, you didn't tip off who it is. Just give me something. Just sources inside the athletic department. More click. God. Okay. God. All right. Okay. So Brett Bielema, is it pride that MSU fandom is not excited about Brett Bielema. This is a guy that's won games in the Big Ten. It That much is true. This is a guy that MSU in its heyday had a rivalry with. 
he was worthy of that. Uh, what you had a you had a little theory on Brett Bielema, uh, personally. Could could you outline that for our listening audience? Yes. So at <laughs> at risk of offending listeners, but I'm not originally from the state of Michigan. Now I spent a lot of my life there. I'm thankful for those years and obviously very thankful for my time at MSU. But I've noticed there's a certain culture in Michigan. We'll call it boat people. <laughs> boat people. And what I mean to say by this is the people who are just so excited every weekend to get on their boat. Get up north, get on that boat, man. Have some <laughs> beers, get on that boat. And Brett Bielema looks like a boat person. Like... You know, you hear people talk about mole people. Brett Bielema's a boat person. Like, he just has that dumb face of, like, I'm just ready to get up north and get on my boat. And I I just, his dumb face, I, I can't take it. He I, does look like a guy that's making, like, 55K and then has, like, a 90K boat. <laughs> yes. Boat people. That he tugs around with his, like, 65K truck. And it's just, like paying ridiculous monthly payments on that stuff here's so and everyone we're not, knows wait, by the, we're not we're not here to debt shame we have a no. lot of millennial listeners we we feel your pain i sure. feel i feel your pain but my uh, god boat people boat people uh everyone on this that's listening to this knows brett bielema i will give my uh why I might be too proud to accept Brett Bielema answer. Well, you had a, you had a real story about this. There was a game. This didn't end up happening, so I can't be too proud of myself, but there was a game uh, where uh, game day was on campus uh, against Wisconsin. I don't remember which one it was. I think there were multiple. And I had a sign idea that never paid off. I was going to go to game day and put up my sign that read... Closet Juggalo with Brett Bielema's face <laughs> on it in Juggalo paint because he, God, he just looks like he could totally be a Juggalo. He's just got that. <laughs> and I think both of our takes come from the same place of just like, he's <laughs> yes. got that like dumb, fat, gumpy face that is so easy to hate. And we've conditioned ourselves to hate. For so long, and we took so much joy from his failure at Arkansas that now he may come in and just be the dude is something that I think all of MSU fandom would have to grapple with. And I think it might might be a good exercise for everyone as people to have yeah. to do something like that. He's a, uh, he's a poor man's Rob Riggle. Um I so all right. Last thing that we had mentioned was that I, I said I want to save to the end, and then I got a question for you, mm-hmm. um, and then a mild rant after that. So anybody else? And and here's my take: is that if Bill Beekman wants to be taken seriously as an athletic director, here's where he earns his scratch. That this is the moment where. We've outlined a list of of candidates who the press has picked up on. And this isn't we didn't create this list like we're not super football insiders as to this. These are the names that are being floated. But if Bill Beekman wants to earn his keep here, it is anybody else. And that is an interview process that is working with 
the weird search firm that is like a DHL or <laughs> delivery company, whatever, that he, he needs to find and identify talent that maybe isn't on everybody's radar. Luke Fickle was the headline. He he just followed the scent, right? It, 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 so this isn't an exhaustive list. There are plenty of names that are worthy of consideration that we have not mentioned here, and we don't know them. That's his job, right? Like to find people. I I I said last week I wasn't up on Mark D'Antonio when, when he, he got, got hired. hired. Yeah, no, the, the resume was not that impressive when D'Antonio got hired. No, in, in fact, you and I have gone back and forth off this pod about Narduzzi, and and you'll point to his record, and I'll say it's not that different than what D'Antonio's was when he was at Cincinnati. I think there's big differences between uh, uh, Pitt no, no, and no. Cincinnati at the time, but anyway, that's, continue. That, that's not the point of this. The point is, at the time, I wasn't up on D'Antonio, and to the credit of the search committee at the time, they picked the right guy, and thank God they didn't pick Brian Kelly, because that guy's an asshat, but... What we need right now is Bill Beekman, which I can't believe I have to trust this man, but to interview people. And to your point earlier, which I hadn't thought of, Stanley needs to get off the plane. Like, yeah. you, need to, you need to show a buy-in from this university. Especially that, if this is the dude and you're going all in on him, the president of the university should be there. Yes. It, 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 for this university in this moment, yes. If Magic Johnson's making a call, Stanley can get on a plane. Yes. Um, so moving on to my question for you, though, is if you were Beekman, if you were Beekman, I guess two part. A, from the outset, what would you have done, if anything different than what he did? And B, uh, if you had done what Beekman has done heretofore, what would you do from this point on? Uh... Well, you got to identify the next best candidate and go all in on them, I think. Uh, And then you've got to get your pitch. The headlines are getting worse now. So now the free press has run this whole thing. And what was just sort of like assumed to be the case or taken for granted by opposing teams is now going to be something that you have to actively grapple with in terms of on-campus issues going back um and now you need to you need to get a pitch you need to get a team together that can pitch properly you need to get a plan together you need to rally the troops and you need to go all in on the next football coach whoever your search firm identifies as being the next best football coach you go get that person whatever it takes that's what I would do. The The one thing I would add is that if D'Antonio hasn't hit the phones to. Um, yeah, it would have been nice if Mark got off that that plane, too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> did you almost Could drop Mark an F-bomb? Did you almost drop an F-bomb? No, I don't think uh, so. Got to keep it PG-1-3 for Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, well, I, I'm saying if there's not a call to Urban Meyer, to Nick Saban, to anyone else in his coach, head coaching elite Rolodex, which he's got to have people that he values, and and ask them, who would you pick? I think you have to make that call. And and I know people are talking about Urban, and, and I would say if we're going to keep 
The problem with keeping Trestle on as an interim head coach, it, the analogy being Luke Fickle at Ohio State as an interim, is that they, they signed a mega headliner the year after. We're not going to do that. We're not getting an Urban Meyer to come to MSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might get a great coach to come here, but we're not getting a headliner to come in and write the ship. So I think you got to call those guys right now and say, who you got? Who, who's up next? I assume those discussions have already been had, but well, if they haven't, they like need it. to be. Okay. All right. Let's talk some basketball, Kevin, because this podcast, and I thank God we don't have a grand off Grand River segment. Yeah, Let's talk some it. basketball. Okay. So we just spent a bunch of time talking about football, but the team just lost to Michigan. Uh, doing so in a very familiar way. Uh, slow starts. How many slow starts can this team Again. have? Again. Yeah. And they just do not have the scoring capability to catch up. Cassius was trying to hit some shots and he was trying to get things going, but this is a team of. I think we said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. This team looks like two dudes and role players right now. It's Tillman and Cassius Winston, and then guys that may or may not show up from one day to the next. And that is not going to work when Isaiah Livers comes back and plays 31 minutes and gives him 14 points and four rebounds. And what I thought was more important, Xavier Simpson, Jeff Jackson, hits threes. I kind of thought that was the whole thing. He hit shots that MSU wanted him to attempt. I thought that was clear from the defense that they were sagging off on him. They wanted him to attempt those shots. Usually he bricks them, but he didn't in this game. He hit three huge threes to take him up by like six or eight points at crucial times in the game. And that was it. MSU just didn't have the firepower, the ability to come back and uh, and even tie it up at any point in the second half, I don't think. And that was uh, that was the game. It well, was it was yeah. not good. I, I mean, I, I would say about, for instance, Xavier Simpson hitting those threes that MSU's game plan from defense is historically not a necessarily an aggressive like letting people loose we're not going to necessarily cause a bunch of turnovers but we're going to force you into you know we're gonna we're gonna pick who shoots we're gonna we're gonna force you into bad shots and then we're gonna outboard you mm-hmm. and you know it, it's it's not necessarily that different in a, of a defensive philosophy philosophy than the d'antonio philosophy of uh, we're going to take away X, Y, and Z, and we're going to force you into this nonsense. And, you know, like it, it is a, we're going to make you grind and we're going to make you do it in a way that is not necessarily beneficial. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that to your point, Xavier Simpson, uh, plays beyond his typical means. And, uh, looking at the Ken Palm index for luck, MSU's coming in at 280. Over the, and that's you know we're looking at three lo- three losses in a row, and I'm sure that what I'm talking about isn't a luck index indicator uh, of people playing beyond their capabilities, mm-hmm. but it does seem like MSU has also run into. Look at the the Purdue loss. What's his face? Uh, Brudeau are not a sponsor hitting threes like it's his freaking job out there and he hadn't hit any all year so it does seem like we also have some players coming alive on us 
And that's also a bit of just bad luck. Like we played the scouting report and it just didn't pan out. It didn't work. It didn't work I, this time. Yeah. And, and that's not, that's not to say the coaching is bad or necessarily. I mean, there are certainly things to point to of the play being bad, but we're unlucky in whatever the luck indicator is, but then we're also unlucky on people coming alive in the moment that statistically shouldn't be coming alive. I mean, do you agree or disagree? No. Uh, I mean, these teams all know one another. They know what the scouting reports are. And MSU fans have complained for years that like, oh, X role player comes out of nowhere and puts up X number of points in a close game. I think that's because X role player was invited to, to shoot those shots. And a lot of the time they don't come alive, but every once in a while they do. And uh, in this case, Xavier Simpson was invited to hit those threes and, and he did. did it. He yeah. was four, four for seven. If he hits two instead of four, it could be a different game. I know that the end was a nine point difference, but those but were yes. yeah. big time shots when they were made. They were very much, they changed the momentum of the game at the time. So, yeah. Well, Xavier so Simpson hit the shots that he was supposed to. That's that. Yeah. So now, now MSU is out of the top 25 in the AP poll for the mm-hmm. first time in 53 weeks. But as you noted, Kevin, uh, they are still Ken Palm 10 for whatever that is worth. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ken Palm in the Big Ten right now. Uh, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah so we'll preview the games coming up uh later on in the episode but kevin we've got our first not a sponsor and i'm excited about this one so thrilled folks uh you've heard of hertz avis budget and enterprise car rentals you've probably heard of zipcar the car sharing service you might have even heard of turo the peer-to-peer car rental company well, our next not a sponsor is looking to get in on that peer-to-peer car rental market with Ward, oh, I'm sorry, Ward Manuel Manual Cars. That's cars with a Z. It's easy. Ward will have a family member drop off the car, and then you just have to complete the Jeff Jackson Memorial Defensive Driving Exam, and you'll be rolling in no time. Please note, the service is only available between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4:30 a.m. That's right, folks. Ward Manual Car Cars Rental Service. Can't Read, Can't Write is very thankful to have this not a sponsor. Kevin, normally we'd head off Grand River here, but we are not going off Grand River. Uh-uh. All, gra- Action- all on Grand River. All JK, on. JK, JK, one thing. The XFL Wildcats have fired their defensive coordinator after one game. And I will not be watching the XFL until Connor Cook is starting. Oh, my God. Did you see that they put in a second quarterback and it still wasn't Connor Cook? No. What? What? I'm pretty sure that happened. What? Yeah. Uh, I was watching that Roughnecks game. And I'm pretty sure two Roughnecks quarterbacks played and neither of them were Connor Cook. He must have some sort of compensation that's based on performance and they just didn't want to pay for it. He was always a gamer, man. He never knew how to uh, how to practice. He was a gamer. Gamer first and foremost. My God. All right. Anyway, (laughs) normally we'd have off Grand River and then we'd have another not a sponsor. And good news, folks. We have a not a sponsor. (laughs) 
for our Twitter questions. So before we get our, get to our Twitter questions, we want to let you know about our next Not A Sponsor. And Kevin, it's a bit of a controversial one. This one, if it wasn't a Not A Sponsor, might even earn us an explicit rating. This episode is not brought to you by the Mike Valenti flavor Jewel Pods. Adele warms up with tea, with honey, and lemon. That's how she keeps her voice in check. But if you want to make sure your voice has the rage to ride a high that's 15 years old at this point, take a hit on Mike Valenti Jewel Pods. Do not exhale. Do not exhale. Just keep it in. And then scream into a sound booth for at least 15 minutes. Repeat as necessary until your voice is ready for rage. Warning. Mike Valenti Jewel Pods contain toxicity and bullshit. All right, Kevin. We had some solid not a sponsors, and now it's time for Twitter questions. Yeah. How do you want to do these? Do you want to do back and forth, one at a time? Uh, you're trying to worry about time, and <sighs> yes, fine, but uh, if there's a moment we both want to jump in, we'll get into it. All right. So, first up, Alex Plum, great question. Keeping the streak alive. Just yeah. want to say. He's on a roll. He's yeah. He's on a roll. Uh the Freep is claiming that campus culture played a role in Fickle's decision, uh, and, and that's damning. But how much of a quote-unquote blessing in disguise is it for MSU, for athletics, for Beekman to move on? Well, uh, certainly right now it's not much of a blessing in disguise. Uh, MSU football has to move on without its primary target. Uh, will this make the administration fully grapple with sort of the perception whether they acknowledge it or not of what is going on the exterior uh, perception of what's happening at msu uh i don't know it sounds like you were just taking a big bong rip over there it does not sound like you were peeing it sounded like bong rip um i, I think this is probably it for beekman he's going to move on after this coaching search into his you know, whatever his secondary role is that they've already set up for him, which is another question that is going to come up later about how each one of these major contracts have bonus roles built into them. Uh, I don't think anyone had any illusions that Beekman was the long-term AD. I think they were hoping to sort of get through hiring a provost and title nine coordinator and all of those important things. And then move Beekman out and get a new actual athletic director in without having to rely on him for a whole lot. But unfortunately that has proven to not be the case. So I'm inclined to disagree about this whole blessing in disguise concept because I think the administrators know already, and this is just further, you know, further reemphasizing something that they're already aware of, even though I know that they're getting a lot of flack for being tone deaf. I think they're acutely aware of these things. They get yelled at a lot. If you've ever been to or watched a board of trustees meeting, they get yelled at a lot. They're aware. What do you think? Uh, thank you for inviting me into this question. Uh, I, I would just add that the shame on the administration, and, and I put this... I don't know if it's on the board or Stanley, but you can hire for more than one thing at the same time. Companies do it all the time. So, you know, citing delays because of the provost, Title IX, general counsel. Totally forgot about GC. Ridiculous. Like, 
you can have multiple searches open at the same time, and there's no reason that you can't fill those at the same time. Yeah, but imagine if there was no (laughs) athletic director at all right now. It would be even worse. Oh, I mean, at MSU, that is unacceptable. That's, you know, it's fine. I don't like Beekman there. I don't support him being there. There's nothing to indicate that he's good at the job other than keeping the trains running on time, which is to say letting coaches run their program. So I, I don't like him, but I agree it makes sense that somebody is there. But there was no reason they had to take the interim tag off of him. They, they, he could be interim still, and that would be fine. They could have made him interim with a, a parachute to a different job, and that's fine. It's better than the scenario we're in. So they could have hired for this. Anyway, next question. Brandon List asks, uh, what's your take on D'Antonio's plan to take a position in the athletic department? Coach Emeritus? Question mark. Is this a normal thing for big time programs? Uh, no, big time. No, not a normal thing at all. Both he and Izzo have this built into their contracts. It's sort of part of their lifer thing where they get, you know, sort of like cush jobs afterwards. The closest analogous analogous thing is like old football coaches that would just turn into the athletic director afterwards and they would just sleep at their desk all day. Um, but no, this is not a normal thing. I'm also kind of dubious whether D'Antonio is actually going to take them up on this and actually do this gig for three years. I kind of think he's going to peace at some point. Yeah. And it's even weirder for it weirder for Izzo to do it. Um, I couldn't imagine a head coach coming to this basketball program having Izzo lurking around. Yeah. Not normal, not great. Um, I'm fine with him being uh, compensated as a sort of alumni outreach or something. Like, yeah, fine. But keep him away from the team. Um, And it's, I guess if, if they'd hired Fickle, maybe it's a little less weird. Because they know each other. They have a history there. Yeah, but you would still be hesitant as a head coach. Um, I would be hesitant knowing that the person I was replacing is still lurking around. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to Raymond Chains. Uh, Coming back uh, hot as usual, and I'm here for it. Raymond, we want to reiterate, despite the the nonsense we give you every week, we love your questions. Uh, So his first one is my favorite. Are you currently in a blood feud <laughs> with Couch and the Rube, which I'm calling Couch and the Ruble now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They are our nemesis, and we will stop at nothing to bring them down. Our listenership is nearly the same, and uh, <laughs> and frankly, let's be fair, Kevin. Uh, we have nearly the same access to the football program. Ooh. I mean, that's that is a fair statement, right? Ooh, shots, 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 shots. Okay. It, uh, I got one for you. All right. From Raymond Chains. What are these rumors about NCAA sanctions about to drop? (laughs) Uh, Bullshit. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) there's not there's not a better way of saying it. Um, They are nonsense that is being fueled and spewed by either Cincinnati people or U of M people. What's been alleged? is not a big deal at, at like assuming it's true 
which it's been denied by Beekman, has been denied by D'Antonio, and, d- you know, given the track record of Curtis Blackwell's attorneys, it's nonsense. Which they brought a third one on. Is that a concern? No, I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. And the third one they brought on has a history of the NCAA, claims he's not conflicted out. I expect Antonio's attorneys to challenge that. And I mean, the D'Antonio's attorneys, which we mentioned, I think, last week on the D'Antonio pod, but maybe the regularly scheduled one, had asked for the law license, the, the license to practice law to be suspended for one of Curtis Blackwell's attorneys because they were that offended by the allegations of the NCAA violations. Yeah. I, I, again, as a former practicing attorney, I've been in some contentious cases that have asked for serious sanctions, never anything that severe. And, and D'Antonio's attorneys have said they have never asked for such a sanction before, which is not surprising. Frankly, I didn't know that was a sanction you could ask for. I think it makes sense, though, like if you're Blackwell's counsel, if D'Antonio's gone, you lose a lot of your leverage. So you got to go right after the program. So you just start you're throwing stuff at D'Antonio before. Now you're throwing stuff at the program. Uh, Next up from Raymond Shane's is Tom Izzo making excuses and deflecting to underclassmen. (sighs) I I don't think Tom Izzo makes excuses. I, I, I mean, he talks pretty bluntly about players not doing well. So I don't think either of those things are happening. I think he's giving frank assessments of his team. Kevin, what do you got on this? Uh, I agree. I don't think there's a lot of deflecting to underclassmen going on. I, I think whatever he's thinking, he's saying in the media right now. I don't think there's some grand scheme at the moment. I, th- I think he's... I think you're getting Tom Izzo right now. Uh, yes, full Tom Izzo. Do you uh, want to do this next question? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. No, 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 no. I do not. Because I, I already have to apologize to my mother later on. Um, all right, I'll read it. Better before a basketball game. Two shots or a joint? Uh, we'll, both, we'll both answer. It's two shots. Like right now? You've got to go to the hooch. You've got to go to the hooch hard at the moment, right? Yeah, I I don't smoke. I, I've done it a handful of times in my life. I, I just it, no. I mean, that's not. I'm not. That's not a secret. I've I've told my folks that. Like, call your mother. It's, Apologize. No, it's it's not for me. Uh, so I drink. I drink. I drink. I drink. Okay. <laughs> Two shots all the way. <laughs> um. Next up, uh, my prediction about Mike Trussell getting the nod doesn't seem too far off, does it? Uh, we would we have would he have all the same problems that Coach D did, or would he have the verve to give the program new life? Uh, I think it's nerve. I I kind of outlined my roadmap for Mike Trussell head coach earlier, and I agree with Raymond that it's not impossible. Um, I, I think he is like the Verve Pipe or the Verve. Uh, he's Lansing bitter, Band, Verve Pipe, bitter, by the way. Bittersweet Symphony. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, think, I think you don't give Mike a lot of options if you make him head coach. This is his, I mean, we talked about how MSU's good gig. If you give Mike Trussell this job, he owes you something. So 
if it's true that Beekman was already asking D'Antonio to make changes on offense, you don't make it an option for Mike <laughs> Tressel. You say the offense is gone. Let's design a new offense. Let's bring in these coordinators. This is your budget. It's larger than it was going to be if you were making $5 million. Let's get this thing rolling. Uh, and you yeah. do it as a collaborative effort. You don't just like, you do it helping Mike Tressel. You don't let Mike Tressel design the whole thing like he's an established head football coach. The problem we didn't even talk about, though, is the timeline. And you'd have to be plucking some OCs away. With yeah, you're going to have to pay money for them. And yeah, you spend the I money mean, to do it. Yeah, it's, it, oh, God. Um, all right. Next up from Jerbear, uh, which I, I like this question and a lot, and it's a really thoughtful one, which is if if it's not Barnett, could this get ugly? That is Harlan Barnett, the one that the former players are, are advocating for. Could this get ugly? Do ex-players hate the guy who is hired? It seems like a fine line to walk. I kind of don't see it as a fine line to walk, but you clearly do. Oh, no, I mean, I, I'm... I'm not advocating one way or another. I, I think it's an interesting question. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a, wor- a question worthy of consideration, particularly if you're a new coach coming in and you have some obligation to establish hype behind your new regime. And so if you're not getting sign-on, if there is some bitterness from old players that there wasn't consideration given to someone that they thought was worthy – then that is potentially complicated. Again, I'm, I think maybe where I'm landing as I'm articulating this out loud is that Harlan Barnett deserves a serious interview. Sure. I agree with that. <laughs> so that, that people can feel like, now, <laughs> you put an asterisk on anything that Bill Beekman does, though. And so, you know, do you feel like the interview process was was good i think you need to make it known that Izzo and d'antonio were part of that that interview process right yes okay agree uh um, question for you when will people listen to jer bear and take him seriously i mean you tweet about hair you tweet about soccer you tweet about hockey when do you think people should take you seriously yeah, you don't give us a whole lot to work with <laughs> Next up, <laughs> we love Jer Bear. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, Taylor, Taylor Anderson. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll read this. Uh, why can't we have nice things? Serious note, how did everyone get this wrong? Did the media way overstate Fickle's interest, or do you think he was leading Beekman on? I don't think he was leading Beekman on. I think this, uh, I think you can infer from certain statements that were made on Twitter by board trustees members who some of these sources might have been and also how uh, confident they may have been about things and then how wrong they may have been about things. Um, There's only so many people in the MSU admin that you can go to with this kind of information. And I think it's like, it's pretty easy. It's, some of anyone with athletic director in their title, whether that be full athletic director or associate, it's a very slim number of the board of trustees members. It's not all of them. It's probably half at most. And you're um, seeing reports of that, that, yeah. that some of the board members hadn't been briefed on this. Right. Yep. Uh, and they're, they're coming out and telling you like who's who. Um, 
and maybe high ranking university officials in terms of like money and and things like that. There's really only like 12 people, maybe 18 people that could be any kind of reliable source on this. Um, and I, I think we can sort of see now that they were overconfident and it was not really Luke Fickle's fault at all. But so do you, I want to go to our, um, our, our, our sort of Highlander enemy, Couch in the Rube, um, and the the question being, they had stated on their podcast today that Bill Beekman should have been a better closer, that you don't let Luke Fickle not get on the plane. You don't let him go back and talk it over, mull it over. Do you think this go is back a... Go in this morning and talk to Cincinnati's... In family, yeah. Like, do you think that Beekman, at some level, was was not doing the ABC, always be closing? That he didn't close this? The man should not be in a position to be hiring a Big Ten football coach. Yep, that's where we end. Yep. (laughs) All right. So next up from oh, our favorite man back with a vengeance. Our man, the the man, real upper deck jerk guy um, who gives us better questions, I have to say, and we pay them more attention than Couch in the Rube. I'm going to start with this first one to you. Upper deck jerk guy's first question, should he renew his season tickets for next year? Presumably in the upper deck. (laughs) So, uh, upper deck jerk guy, you may well know that I do not live in Michigan. And so I have the luxury or disadvantage of only being able to support MSU football through the TV. So far be it for me to tell you what to do with your money. Um, and I mean that sincerely, but I would point to Antoine Simmons tweet earlier today, which seemed very frustrated with the Im- the implication of MSU Twitter right now that this team can't win without the right coach that like it is somehow that their talent is somehow contingent upon what Bill Beekman does and i would also point to the years that i spent in the football stands supporting teams coached by John L so if I had the luxury of spending the money and the proximity to the school, I would renew my season tickets. And so I won't tell you what to do with your money, but I will say that if it was me, yes, of course, because I'm a Spartan. And so I'm going to be there and I'm going to tweet like hell when I'm mad, but I am going to be there. And so that's me. Kevin, you got, you got a different take? CT and TC pointed out he used the lean years in Michigan basketball to improve his seats. Do that. There were years with my season tickets where I would open up the seat selection and it would just be like a barren wasteland. Nowhere to go. Uh, So I think you're going to have some options this year. Renew the tickets. It's a good home slate. Get yourself some better seats for the same amount of money and live to fight another day. Uh, second question for you. Who would eat more uh, at Groovy <laughs> Donuts, a Graham Couch or Brett Bielema? Graham uh, Couch, so I, of course, being columnist for the Lansing State Journal, who is uh, sponsored by Groovy Donuts. And uh, Groovy Donuts, if you're listening because you did respond to this tweet, want to let you know we're open for business. Just slide into the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so I I think the answer is pretty clear. Brett Bielema is a boat person. <laughs> I've never means, had donuts on a boat though. Is that no no no? Because you don't you don't have <laughs> you don't have donuts on a boat. Graham Couch is, I mean, when it comes to donuts, and I don't mean this about the rest of his life, but donuts is slovenly by all accounts. <laughs> and so Brett Bielema is too busy pounding some Milwaukee's best because Wisconsin. And so, and he's out on his boat. It, like, he is going to be too full, even from the light beer, to, to eat the donuts necessary. So it's obviously Graham Couch. Okay. What's the best fruited beer also from the Upper Deck Jerk guy? Uh, uh, so right, you, you made a comment here. I, I want to uh, piggyback on it. So I'll let you. All right. I asked if Oberon counts in our notes because you do, you put that I orange in there. I'm, I don't think I'm that counts. That's not what he was thinking of. I kind of like a good watermelon salt beer. Uh, what's what's your pick? Name name. I a, don't know. There are so many of them. Um, I don't know. So my I, I like the watermelon pick. Uh, for me, it is the Heller High Watermelon um, by Twenty First Amendment Brewing Company. Um, mm. Solid, like solid beer. I highly recommend if you get a chance. Okay. Uh, Heller High Watermelon. Um, Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, since Fickle isn't coming, do we go to door two or let Trestle be the interim coach for a year? Kevin, I'm going to jump in here and just say no on interim. No, 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 no on interim. If Trestle's going to be the coach, fine, but not interim. I'm with you. I agree. And I think we covered this at length. So uh, go to door two first, and then if not, Trestle is the guy for three years and, five years and i like that i actually think we don't make the screw up we made in my opinion earlier you don't trestle is part of door two yep he, he, he'd be like mike mikey mike you're you're up for an interview we we're part of a broader consideration we are right now we are in full-blown normal coaching search mode like let's all be calm it's a normal search and finally, from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, Michael Jones, what kind of shoes do you wear? This was not directed to me. Um, Raymond, it, it depends. It, it, not Raymond. This is Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, weird shoe question. Um, this is obviously in reference to all of the shoe talk going on with the, uh, with the flight tracking. Uh, so to work out i wear some nikes i have a nice clean sneak also by nike all bought at the outlet by the way like these aren't fancy nikes um but as i mentioned on what last pod or two pods ago uh i do have a lovely wife who works at a luxury retailer and so i have uh some fancy shoes for work that i'm very proud of that i also wore at my wedding so get my mileage out of them Kevin, how about you? Uh, uh, those heels that you saw in those pictures posted on Twitter? Those are my <laughs> heels. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up from Elon Bloom. Uh, did you watch any XFL? And what do you think? Kevin, it's up to you. I did watch the XFL. I saw the first You are a goal traitor. And the first touchdown in this iteration of XFL league history. So... I uh, I watched some, and wouldn't you know it, it's football. It's professional football, and it was uh, pretty good. Will you uh, watch again? I will watch again if it's on. I would have to remember to seek it out. All right, uh, that's fair. 
it happened to be easy to switch to after the MSU U of M uh, basketball game and uh, going and finding it when the TV isn't already on would probably not happen. But it was there and it was football and it was fine. I didn't really get that great a feeling for the new rules. Kickoffs look weird. Uh, The choice between the conversions after a touchdown, I think they haven't fully worked out yet, but um, it's not that different from regular football. All right, next up from Spartan Dog 97, favorite White Claw flavor? If it's got to be something, I'm going to choose grapefruit. What about you? Black cherry, you moron. Black (laughs) cherry. Uh, Next up from CT and TC, our favorite troll uh, who fully acknowledges the Jeff Jackson hilarity. Why can't I just enjoy the loss in basketball with all you worried about football in February? Did you think it was interesting that he chose to say enjoy the loss? for this question yeah (laughs) because let's folks if you need a u of m follow ct and tc is the follow is the best follow and yes he will hop in your timeline and he will make fun of msu right like i mean and he but he does it in a kind way right like i mean he trolls you in a you should laugh at it funny but when you say loss in your question you're clearly taking the msu perspective yes which reiterates my theory that he is indeed he's a basketball fan which means he's an msu fan and he just has the sad unfortunate life where he had to go to that nerd school down south and be a total loser and go to u of m and Found out, wife, Spartan. Just saying. CT and TC, we know your true colors and they're green and white. Right? All right. Agree. Uh, Nick asks, or no. Who's uh, Nick? Nick. Nick does. Nick was his name. I copied (laughs) and pasted. If a coach is intimidated by our division, do we even want them? You've actually sort of... You've had this discussion with others. So where did you land on this? Yeah. And actually I want to, I want to lump this in with our last question that I had slated and I apologize mom in advance, but this is his actual Twitter handle at go MSU, butt boy 69 (laughs) who we featured before, uh, asked, uh, which opinion regarding MSU's coaching search has you the maddest. And so these two are intertwined which is that if you're a serious coach, which is to say that you're a competitor, like you like winning, you want to be the best that there is, why on earth would you not want to compete in the Big Ten East? Because you get to play Michigan, which inexplicably gets love every year. You get to play Ohio State, which explicably gets love every year. And you get to Penn Penn State, who also is respected every year. So I don't understand what, like, yeah, sure. If you don't beat those teams, you are not the best in the country, but you get the chance every year to validate being the best in the country. And so if you're a real competitor, not say a Luke Fickle, who wants to take a Clemson style schedule and try and maybe argue that he can be in a power five conference, you go to the Big Ten East. I mean, other than competing against Saban every year, you're going to the Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. So I that, A, 
to answer Nick's question, no, don't want them. Period. Full stop. Like, if that is your reason, the competition, then get out. Like, you don't belong here. You're not, you're not even Big Ten material. But second, the question about which opinion regarding MSU's coaching search has even the maddest, what makes me the angriest is the notion that someone wouldn't want to come here because of who we have to play. Like, the people who are head coaches have absurdly high egos. Yeah. They're going to want to come. They can beat everyone anyway. So. And would we want anyone who didn't have that opinion? Right? Exactly. For me to answer MSU Buttboy 69's question, mine is the all of the talk about how MSU is a bad job. It's clearly not a bad job, although things aren't going well right now. So I've had to grapple with that a little bit. Right. Uh, and that's a subset of, of that opinion, right? Yes. Yes. So last up, John Hubbard, uh, <laughs> which I lumped in an early question and a late question from him. Uh, first one is, does D'Antonio get a statue? And if so, if so, how soon? Not next season, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're doing statues for football coaches. Uh, I think he's going to get his name on the Ring of Honor on the, what is that, the West, the West Side. That'll happen. That's inevitable. I don't think there's ever going to be a statue, though. Uh for you, also from John Hubbard, early prediction on how far MSU gets in the NCAA Men's March Madness Basketball Tournament that we can watch on CBS Sports Road to the Final Four in Atlanta. Quote, the Southern Chicago, Georgia, quote, the Peach State. <laughs> Which I entered into that question not having previously read. <laughs> John, I want to introduce you to commas and periods and colons and dashes um uh, we'll, I, i'm kind of disappointed we didn't get any sponsors in there like brought to you by State Farm <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> next time john we'll work up to that oh man <laughs> all right i don't know why i found that so funny but <laughs> uh, uh john look i'm i'm starting to be of the opinion that this team is bordering on needing the Big Ten tournament or they need to play their serious game up front. And what I mean by that is living in five to seven land is not good because then you just have a tough road the entire way through or like a, a competitive road the entire way through. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm not saying tank for the tournament. God, no. But we are... We're approaching the point where you either need to start winning out to re-solidify yourself as maybe a four seed, or honestly, you take a low rent seed, and if you get that victory at the at the onset, then you have that seed's path to victory. So, Kevin, the question I would ask for you though is at we have a tough week in front of us. Yeah. So at, at what point in time does MSU become a bubble team? Uh, not yet. No, no, We're, no. But that's no. The question is at what point in time? Five more if, losses. Oh, so you think they, they really need to like yes. nearly lose out for sure. All right. Cause Seton hall keeps making them look good. Yes. They're wins. So they've got things that they can hang their hat on. Um, 
Should we move on to our next not a sponsor and then finish this out with some uh, previews of these games that we're referencing? Yes, and uh, thank you folks for hanging with us. So yeah, Kevin, let us know about our next not a sponsor. We're psyched about this one. Uh, I'm really getting back to my my roots uh, with this one. Uh, this episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by the Canadian Football League. Asking y'all, what's this XFL stuff? We've been here the whole time, you guys. We got the Grey Cup. We have wide receivers that run before the snap. We have Jonathan Football. We think. We're not really sure anymore where he ended up. He could be really anywhere. Uh, it's not clear. So we'll be seeing you guys down at Tim Hortons Field to watch the true non-NFL professional football league. Can't read, can't write. Canadian football. Grey Cup. Jonathan Football. Tim Hortons Field. And you know what? I have to say, Canadian football and XFL have something in common. They're both not starting Connor Cook, and only one of those leagues has the option of starting Connor Cook. So (laughs) do watch Canadian football over the XFL until this nonsense is corrected. Kevin, we have two games to preview this week. I think we've fairly previewed the the game that is the coaching search. Uh, We have Illinois on the road. Yep. Champagne. Yep. Um, and then we have Maryland at home. So let's start with that Illinois game. So I think most of the listening audience knows what to expect from the Illinois game. They're, uh, they're rangy. They've got, uh, you know, they've got long arms. They're disruptive on defense. Uh, to me, most of the woes for this MSU team have not really been in turnovers necessarily, although there have been some of those. Uh, it's been in poor shooting. So Illinois likes to turn you over. They are still in the AP top 25, despite back-to-back losses, including one at home to Maryland, who will also cover. Uh, they are Ken Palm number 27. MSU is a one-point favorite on the road. I do kind of think this is going to be a tough team. Like, you have to outscore. I mean, you have to do this for every college basketball team, but... Usually to beat Illinois, you wait, have wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. Are you meaning to say that scoring more points is the key to victory? If, if, if get this, if at the end of 40 minutes, your <laughs> team has more points than the other team, you will almost always win the game. <laughs> Mind blown, Kevin. Yeah, that's Thank why people for... stick around to this part of the podcast. Uh, Illinois can cause fits, particularly in turnover-prone teams, of which MSU tends to be one. Although, I I don't know why, I just have a good feeling about this game. I, I, don't, I can't explain it. They did just drop a, a home game to Maryland, which usually would tell you, like, oh, they're hungry, they want it, they're going to win the next one. Yeah, but so is MSU. Yes, so is I, MSU. I, I, I guess I would put to you real quick, I know this is not normally a, a, a sort of a banter part, but... What do you think this MSU team has a gear in them of holy crap, we need to win this game? Do you think they have that killer instinct to them? We haven't seen it, so I don't know so, why I think it might be there, but I'm saying it now, right now. All right, all right, you can take it to the bank. Yeah, let's take it to the bank. Why not? We're gonna be wrong about this. <laughs> I mean, that, that was a that was a play on the uh, who was it for the sports director Hoy, uh, Hoyman? Who oh, said, uh, Fred Human, Uncle yes. Fred. 
Take it to the bank on Luke Fickle coming to MSU. Yeah, yeah I think Uncle Fred, what little hope he had for a career, <laughs> that, that, that window just closed. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And then finally, Maryland at home. So Saturday, MSU plays Maryland, who seems to be cooking right now with their six-man rotation. Uh, they're Ken Palm number eight. And as much as we like to make fun of Mark Turgeon, they seem to have figured it out a little bit. They're athletic. You will see on Saturday, this is an athletic team um, exceeding the athleticism of Penn State. So I I think if MSU was going to split the week, I kind of actually think they'd probably win on the road at Illinois and lose at home to Maryland. That's my gut. Yeah. Um, Maryland just went on the road and beat Illinois in Champaign by 10 points, nine points. Nice. Um, they, you know, like I said, we like to give Turgeon some, some junk, but he's got it cooking right now to a degree. They've won like eight or five in a row or something like that. Five or six in a row. Um, so they're, they're playing well and they're going to be tough to match up against. Yeah, uh, and and I th- I think the only way I know what you're saying, but I think the only way is MSU gets some confidence off of this Illinois game because if this doesn't break our way, I'm not a naysayer here, but be ready for a slide, uh, right? I mean, well, they they're already need- in the slide. They've already well, lost three consecutive games. Yeah, so. but we lost three in a row last year at this exact same time. Mm. So they they need to find their way out somehow, and so I'm worried that if they don't, and and maybe they find their way out, they lose to Illinois and find their way out against Maryland. But we need it now. If it doesn't come in the next two games, I'm starting to get real worried. Agree, agree. Right. We we've got to have some role players become more reliable. That's the whole yes. trick to this season. It it feels like roulette on role players right now. I I, I mean, Rocket Watts I think uh, in a recent game was minus twenty two. Like you can't have that. No. So, um. Anyway, ending on a note of optimism. It's been a real uplifting podcast, Kevin. It has been. And and for the record, for anyone who maybe is is joining us for the first time. We genuinely try and be a, a tempered source of opinions about MSU. That's why we do it once a week, in fact, is so that it's not just spewing hot takes at you. Uh, but it's an interesting time to be a Spartan right now. This is and, when you earn your credentials. It's easy to be <laughs> a yes. fan when they're in the Final Four and the college football playoff. It's harder now. Yes, and as we said earlier in the podcast, if you've been here before, you know that hope springs eternal in Sparta and everything may not be okay, but you will still be a Spartan and you will still love this team. So with that, Kevin, go green. Go white, Josie.